Sean is a fresh of breath there. He just loves chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It's still swollen. It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, Stay focused. Um, Work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It feels a bomb. It feels a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nation, welcome everyone to episode 78 of the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast, the number one celebrated podcast about sports, entertainment, and everything in between. We are your hosts. Tony Ambrose, Matt Greco. Tony, what is going on, buddy? Podcast is witty. Podcast not funny. It's me and Matt talking bills. Episode Jordan Mills is coming up next week. But this is it, witty nation. Season <laughs> recapsulation. Ranking past plays while the whole team's on vacation. Diggs is out smashing tables. Moving on from the Davils. Probably retire soon to the Pines of Mar Gable. <laughs> Are you doing an R. Kelly What's song? Up, you... Nation? Oh, of course, of course. I don't know if we want to be associated with that. One of the best and easiest songs to parody. Easily. Oh, easily remixed to ignition oh, yeah. is, is the easiest song to parody, but I'm just saying, like, not the best PR for us, Tony. Oh, disagree. I mean, uh, if you want the clicks, you got to push it a little. <laughs> you got to be bold. Yeah, this is this is what we've learned. I mean, that song had everything. I made up a name. It was very good. It was really. I made good. up a word in recapsulation. Kudos to you. The Davils had a Seinfeld reference in there, and uh, up to the minute stories, including dig smashing tables. Come on. It's really replacing our so bad it's good reviews. Your your song parodies for the song. Oh, now season. replacing. For not the off replacing season. that complimenting oh complimenting Complimenting. yes i'm not doing the reviews anymore there's no game to review i'm i'm highly critical of that the season never ends man okay so there's gonna be things that you can write about and reference i'm I'm already one of those things are being r kelly songs well at least you didn't do trapped in the closet well of course not i'm not gonna do i'm not a monster Jeez. Thank you for that. Yeah. But I do know that the news cycle never ends. I'm picturing the Brady Bunch on Joe Brady's staff here. Yeah, right. Or something. I'll leave it to you to write it, but you know, it's there. If the we, opportunities are there. If we were doing a Hansel Award, it would be a hot week for people named Brady, right? Ooh, absolutely. Tom Brady retiring, Joe Brady getting the QB job, Wayne Brady. My student Brady Wayne. got detention. Wayne Brady being the the greatest who's line is in any way player of all time. Big week is for that Brady. real news or did you just decide that? Well, I just decided that, but I mean it's pretty oh. it's pretty known, right? I think that's a, I think that's universally accepted. Nobody's going Ryan Styles. Colin Mockery. No, I don't agree with that. Colin Mockery, I would put ahead of Ryan Styles. Ooh, well, well, that's it's a hot take. <laughs> Well, start the take number two. Starting the episode. You gotta, if you want, if you want to listen, you gotta push the envelope. We've done R. Kelly and whose line is it anyway? This is starting off real well. <laughs> Vastly yeah, different spectrum. The, envelope. <laughs> the mainstream media, they don't want me to stamp up Colin Mockery. They don't want me putting Colin Mockery at the forefront. Well, I say, watch me. 
Tony, uh, we we had to get back on track here. We didn't even say where to find the podcast in the opening, but you can find the podcast at Witty Sports 716 on Twitter or Instagram. Hit us up on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. You can follow Built in Buffalo, everything they're doing every single day at Built in Buffalo underscore Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, taking over. Check us out. Check them out. Check all the shows out. Check all the content creators out. Awesome stuff for all the Bills fans and all the Sabres fans and Buffalo sports fans out there. So, Tony, officially the offseason, though, we got to get back on the path of least witty resistance. Last week, we took a little detour to discuss that heartbreaking loss, which, I mean, I feel like it was justified. We could put aside our witty for a week. We were so uh, in our own heads, like so scatterbrained, whatever you want to call it. We didn't even get to read the text our buddy sent us after the game about his grandmother, which oh, was which was very depressing. And I'll read it for the listeners right now, just so everyone's on the same page here. But uh, Take me there, Matt. Our, our friend texted us after the game and said, I just got off the phone with my grandmother. She turned 89 today. Born during the Depression, was a little girl during World War II. I asked if she watched the game on Sunday. She said it was the worst thing she's ever seen in her life. If that doesn't put it in perspective, Tony, I don't know what does. So I, I feel like we could have taken the week to be to be somber. So now we got to get back on the witty, though. I'm back on the witty train. I'm ready. I'm driving this witty train, baby. Did you hear that song, Parody? I'm ready to go. You are, there. you are ready. Tony, let's start off with Bill's news. Big, big week for movers and shakers in the Bills world. Uh, I think the big thing is we lost our offensive coordinator, Brian Dable, hired by the New York Giants and their new general manager, former Bills assistant general manager, I believe, Joe Sean, Shane, Shun, Sean, Joe Sean. I tell you what, the professionalism of this podcast is top notch. It's always top notch. The lead host does not know how to pronounce these people's names. I mean, if if, if we struggle with Matt Hawk, Matt Hack, Matt, whatever. We're not going to get Joe many vowels in a row in his last name, right? <laughs> Fair enough. The how precedent you, has been set. How do you pronounce it, Tony? I usually say it several times, just as you did. <laughs> okay. So, I think it's... So you're dragging me through the coals for saying it wrong, and you do it the exact same way as I do. Well, I didn't think you would call me out, so... <laughs> Here we this, are. This, this is the premise of this podcast, Tony, calling each other out for our ridiculousness. Yeah. How do you feel about losing Brian Dable? Four years of Josh Allen and Brian Dable together, hand in hand, the dynamic duo. And uh, now we start anew with one Ken Dorsey and Joe Brady leading the charge on the offense. But sticking with Brian Dable, are you sad? You happy? We bounce. We bounce back and forth on Brian Dable on this podcast quite often. But <laughs> whether we like him, whether we don't, whether we think he's doing a good job, whether he's a pain in the butt. I know you don't like his runs on second and long. I don't either. Thank you for getting me on that. But from where we were pre-Brian Dable, I think he did a nice job while he was here. Overall, I would also say that I must commend him and give credit where credit is due. He, for the most part, did a nice job. There were aspects of his play calling that sometimes frustrated me. But even in those times, even in the lowest of low times, I always thought Brian Dable was a good offensive coordinator six days a week. And then sometimes I thought he was a good offensive coordinator seven days a week, depending on the decisions he made in the game. I My feelings were it was heavily expected. Right. So, of course, I wasn't flabbergasted or anything like that. So I guess in that sense, I came off mildly concerned. Then that concern skyrocketed to extremely concerned when the reports were going out 
that I didn't know exactly how I was going to interpret or what I was choosing to believe uh, that he might be taking Ken Dorsey with him. And I did think initially, I'm like, well, this is probably a negotiation right. tactic. So I was I was hoping for that. I was rather optimistic that that's what was it was going to be. And potentially it was that. So then uh, I was able to breathe a sigh of relief because I am someone who was valuing the continuity that I thought we'd be getting with Ken Dorsey. And I look forward to seeing what Ken Dorsey is going to bring to the table. So bittersweet reaction to Brian Dave leaving. If I had a choice, I guess I would have preferred him to stay. I would have been more excited if he was staying. Do I think that he's a monster because he is taking his grandkids away from their grandparents by moving out of Western New York again? Yes. By, by moving out of the state of New York. Oh, even better point, of course. <laughs> uh, yes. And I really probably spent too much time thinking about that. Like, why wouldn't he stay? Isn't it nice to be able to say... You coach hey, in your hometown? Have, yeah, exactly. You coach in your hometown. You right. have the Isn't that the connections. dream? You have... Yeah, exactly. You have, you have, like, you know, the resources of that. Right. So, he didn't. He turned his back on his hometown, so fuck him. <laughs> he can go to hell. <laughs> and how quickly you turn yeah i mean you know i'm just sentimental to just ask is, yeah you know this is an unrehearsed podcast we're a couple of colin mockeries over here just improvising <laughs> so i have to work don't, don't don't put us on that pedestal tony we can't we can't oh, relate oh, okay we can't relate to the colin no, mockeries of the world <laughs> I, I i didn't say i didn't say we were a couple of wayne brady's jeez oh jeez oh, that that's like flying is, too close to the sun on wings of pastrami oh of course look <laughs> Lest we forget his finest hour on How I Met Your Mother. Ah, yes. That's right. So so I feel okay about it because of the continuity that is going to remain with Ken Dorsey. And I hope Ken Dorsey does a good job, and I that's all I got. Yeah, and Ken Dorsey got a... It's uh, also Shane, by the way. I looked it up. Oh, Shane. Joe Shane. Joe Shane, yeah. Oh, thank you for looking that up. I needed the well, fanatics you know, of it. <laughs> professionalism is what we value a lot here. Always. Not funny sports Always. Podcast. You get professionalism when you come to this podcast, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Two things I noticed about uh, Brian Dable and his intro press conference for the Giants. One, weird to see him at ground level. Yep. Typically in yep. a booth. <laughs> Two, couldn't get a better fitting suit, your head coach now? I thought the same thing. He looked ridiculous. <laughs> he looked, it looked like pajamas out there. <laughs> like It looked like Barney's pajamas when his pajamas were really a suit. Yes. It was just, it was just a sad suit. Right, exactly. Uh, those are the two things I noticed. But overall, and, and I, I, I feel good for him. I, he, he deserves. He probably deserves it. Uh, he probably does. Yeah. yeah. And, like he, nice and you know, I have to say, if maybe if his mother was around, like if he was living in Western New York, he wouldn't have made that mistake with the suit. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Hmm. Good point. Good point. Also, didn't know he had Don't so many say, kids. He's got like seven kids. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Well. Shocked me. New Jersey schools are probably okay. <laughs> probably you couldn't see me make a face but i made a face like <laughs> i know um, you did i could feel it through the phone okay yeah yeah i was gonna say many good <laughs> as a man of education yourself i could i could feel your facial expressions <laughs> <laughs> yeah no good for him uh i am also excited to see what ken dorsey and uh, new quarterbacks coach joe brady bring to the table not only the continuity you mentioned but possibly uh, a fresh input in that continuity both dorsey and Brady, very 
pass-friendly mindsets when it comes to running an offense, it seems like, from what I've read. Of course, Joe Brady has uh, planted his roots in LSU with their national championship winning team and Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and those guys. I thought he was doing a, a good job in uh, in Carolina until Matt Rule seemed to pull the, the rug out from under him and tried to go more run heavy or wanted to go more run heavy. But I, I like what these two guys bring to the table. I, I'm I'm very excited to see how Josh and this offense can evolve because because there were there were times it, it did seem a little stag. Honestly, like I think I think Josh's magic hid that very well. And they didn't start to really figure it out until the last month of the season when it counted, which is fine. Going to the playoffs, they were the hottest or they were at their hottest at any point they were in the regular season. But also losing Bobby Johnson. Is a, is a is a notable point here. Uh, he goes. I would say that's the, he goes to New York no, with Dable. I would say that was the biggest. That was the one that hurt the most. Really, I I think wasn't a fan of Bobby Johnson. I as I put on Twitter, liked, liked his dancing. Didn't like the fact that he held Ryan Bates out on us. Well, that's a very good point. The Bates situation is obviously a major situation. I w- I guess I would have liked to have seen him staying, but I say that more because. In the form of an offensive line coach and staff, I guess I'm more cautiously, there's more caution to my optimism um, surrounding who might replace him. As opposed to like, well, I feel good that Dorsey's going to replace him, so we got that going for us, which is nice. And I feel like a quarterback's coach is, something will come along, because like Dorsey's there anyway, so it's probably going to be all right. Right. Offensive line coach, I I don't know what we're getting into, Matt. And I'm a little concerned. We might be getting back into Doug Morrow. I, I know. (laughs) <laughs> that is actually one of the things, now, since you bring up Doug Marone, that is one of the things that I would say I am relieved about, essentially, is I'm rather relieved because I, I didn't want someone who has already been an offense. Like, I wanted a young a young mind to get a chance. Yeah, that's how, that's how my, to I was too, yeah. Yeah, I didn't want, when the articles are going around about who is the potential potentially the next offensive coordinator and they're telling people they're telling me all these people who have been offensive coordinators i'm like i don't know like i kind of want to see someone who get a chance who's right fresh. an up-and-comer fresh and it seems like that's what we got in in both cases yeah I, i'd say so the, the offensive line was obviously one of the weakest parts of this team until ryan bates oh, got for sure. put in of and course. but who developed ryan bates Ryan Bates. Ryan Bates developed Ryan Bates. Okay. Yes. Don't you give his success to anyone else other than him? No one else deserves <laughs> that. Know. Yeah, fair enough. If anyone deserves it, it's us for getting on the train their earliest. I guess it's true. And I would say we called him out and motivated him many times. All the time. Many, yeah. many times. Earlier, he's our earlier than every, anyone else could have. We we know he's listening right now. <laughs> yes, he is. Ryan, if you're listening, open invitation to There's the no show. If. There's no if. Ryan, because you're listening. listening. <laughs> Bobby Johnson, a lot of issues with the offensive line, and I mean, I think throughout throughout Josh's four years here, the first year was a wash when he had a guy you mentioned in the opening, and I can't believe you mentioned him because he's my one of my least favorite players ever to wear Bills jersey, Jordan Mills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the likes of Jordan Mills and the likes of Russell Bodine and just guys who were god-awful. Vlad Dukas. The list can go on of, of terrible offensive linemen standing in front of Josh's rookie year. But the fact that Bobby oh, Johnson... You know, I do have a confession to make. What? I only used it because it rhymes. <laughs> oh, well, that's fine. Shout out Rhyme Zone, uh, obviously. Shout, shout out... Absolutely. Absolutely. Shout out Rhyme Zone. <laughs> 
the true MVP of this podcast. If you find time for the rhyme, you gotta gotta go with it. But he subjected us to Cody Ford this year before Ryan Bates, John Feliciano before Spencer Brown. Did he? Is he making those decisions? Is he writing that death chart? Don't you think so? You don't? I don't know. If you're a head, co- if you're a head coach, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, the head I'm coach sure is ultimately making the decision, but, but obviously, I I would hope. If I was a, a, a manager, if I was a coach of a football team, a manager of people, I would go to my positional expert and be like, hey, who's the best five we can put out there? And then go with that, right? I'm not in the front office. Tony, you're on the fan advisory board. Go ask. Go ask these questions. I'll have to, I'll have to ask. I'll, I'll have to ask. Get this to the bottom the of this. <laughs> it's, my, it's my first order of business. Why was Ryan Bates held out the first two-thirds of the season? <laughs> Oh, that's what I'm asking? Okay. Yes. I think I'm asking the hierarchy of developing the depth charts. Oh, well, that's it, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I'll ask and, and, and also, can we get rid of the train horn? Oh, that That's priority. Of course. That's one of my top priorities. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I've never had more people coming out of the woodwork in my life to try and tell me their thoughts about the stampede since I got on this fan advisory board. It's a movement. The anti-stampede movement? Oh, the an- you were saying anti-stampede. Oh, yeah. There's, there's pro-train horn people out there? What are you talking? I'm not talking about the train horn anymore. Train horn is done. That, part, that portion of the conversation is over. <laughs> now we're talking about stampede. I can't believe there's anti-stampede people. Oh, there's tons of anti-stampede people. Wow. I don't know any pro-stampede people. Oh my gosh, this is. Oh wait, are you talking about the drumline? Yes. Oh, now we're on the same page. I thought you were talking about the sound clip of the the Buffalo Stampede replacing the train horn on third oh. down. Now, oh. now we're no, on the same your page. Idea. That's my idea. There are people that want that, and you're one of them. Good. I'm glad, glad there are more out there. We're on the same page now. Yes, we'll no, get rid of the stampede, please. They bring they bring nothing to the game, nothing to the game day environment. Oh, I agree. If you're going to do it, just go full boat. Give me a pet band. Yes, just full marching band. Yes, or, or, or do, like, NBA has, like, the, the grandma dancers or something. Just give me that. Give me something, like, yeah, so off the wall. Don't give me a, a, a drum line of part-time Twitch streamers or something. I don't know what they do. <laughs> I don't know if that makes you more concerned or thoughtful surrounding, do you not know what a drum line is or do you not know what Twitch is? <laughs> I know what both are. So you claim. That's not a, you wouldn't classify the Stampede as a drum line? Using, I would classify them as a drum line. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But they're not like a true drum line, like the Nick Cannon movie drum line. There's no, gu- there's, they're not. There's guys who drum they're not cool enough for that. <laughs> they're definitely not cool enough. And that's and there lies the issue, Tony. If we really want to propel this organization right. forward. We need Nick Cannon in the stampede. <laughs> we need a cool drumline. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad I'm glad, glad that's cool. settled. <laughs> Tony, the other big Bills news, Josh Allen snubbing the Pro Bowl. Thoughts? Like it? Dislike it? Like it. Love it. I love it, yeah. Love it. Give All give Josh it. give Josh a break. Josh is giving him. Let Josh give himself a break. Yes, you get all the breaks you want this offseason, Josh. Don't you feel the need to to play in a meaningless game or or train more with Jordan Palmer? Just relax. Literally, put that guy in a hot tub for an hour a day. <laughs> right. Let him lay. Let him lay in bed. I'm thinking. Give him like, a good soak. I, yeah. Soak of the year. Soak of the year. <laughs> I want him coming into training camp with the trainers way more concerned that they would have been that his body, particularly his legs have gone through such atrophy that they can't even handle sustaining him anymore. That's the kind of rest I'm looking for Josh Allen to take. Absolutely. Not only the physical toll he took, but the, men- like, the mental toll he took after that 
KC game in this whole season. I was just thinking like the mental that, toll we all took. The mental toll we all took. Yes, I was just thinking like, physical toll we took from getting hit by players, but also like the weather was just crappy this year. The guy played in wind and freezing temperatures and snow and rain every other week. Like it was, it was a brutal season for that guy, and he performed at the highest of highest levels. Absolutely, he deserves all the break. He deserves warmth. He deserves all the western luxuries that can be afforded to him yeah absolutely absolutely and that luxury this week is playing in the pebble beach pro-am golf tournament one concerning aspect of that tony he was quoted as saying if i can golf every day i would it's my favorite thing to do i'm worried he's not in it i'm worried he's not mentally in it you know you say that that quote sounds like that but what is josh good at josh is good at giving the people what they want that's true yes Always He's does. at the Pebble Beach Golf. Mm-hmm. He always does. And then I think about, is, is he in it or not? I don't know. I can pick, I have many videos or pictures tattooed in my brain of him pointing at either Dawson Knox or Stefan Diggs shouting something, shouting let's fucking go or something like that. Yeah, right. He's in it. Come on. I've, I've seen him in it. He is a man that gives the people what they want. You are yeah. absolutely right. No matter, mm-hmm. he's, he's a chameleon. Like, just put him in whatever situation he adapts. That's true. He knows what to say. He knows how to act. He knows what to do. He's the best. He's the best. Uh, my other concern with this golf tournament is they have him paired with a golfer named Keith Mitchell. Keith Mitchell has won, I believe, only one tournament. So don't like that already. I want to. I want him with a, a tried and true winner here on the PGA Tour. Get get that. Yeah, I don't know much about this Keith Mitchell. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna go ahead and assume he's Kel Mitchell's brother. Am I correct in that? <laughs> Absolutely. That, that's, or, the, that's the only right assumption to make. Right, yeah. That's the first Mitchell I go to. Now, I, if he's not that, then I would have to assume he's he's in the Kavika Mitchell family. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll give you uh, two facts that might give solace to your, to your first guess of Kel Mitchell's brother. So Keith Mitchell is known for winning a prank war against Phil Mickelson while on tour. Fact one. Okay. Fact two, he had a caddy who was named... Crunchy Pete. If that doesn't scream Kel Mitchell's brother, I don't know what does. Now, Crunchy Pete, of course, must be the brother of Slippery Pete. From <laughs> yes. Seinfeld. Like I said, Tony, I I don't know. I don't I don't want Josh to uh to get in this this prank goofy kind of mindset, this vibe that Keith Mitchell's rubbing off on him. Well, it re- it that... reminds me of because uh, I've been binge watching the show New Girl, which I know you've seen. Of course. And there's a uh, there's an arc for the character Winston when he starts dating a girl who is all she does is pranks and sucks him into the prank world. <laughs> I'm just worried that's going to happen to Josh. Mm. Too infatuated, I, infatuated with the pranks. If it, if it does happen, I hope it happens in the reverse. I hope the ultimate prank occurs that he ends up on Phil Mickelson's team oh. and pranks Mitchell. The reverse prank. I feel like that's the next step, too, is like that Tom Brady, Peyton Manning gets paired, paired up with a golfer. Like, Josh is next, right? I think I think that's the that's the setup. That's the long play here. Josh is oh in I, terms I, of superstars. Yeah, in terms of like getting on a on a bigger stage, like in the mm-hmm. off season. Yeah, right. Like oh, I love golf. It's my favorite thing to do. Look at me now. Put me in a match with Tiger Woods as my partner or whatever. So on that subject, let me ask you this, Matt. This is an interesting question. Since you talked about Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and like the roles that they're playing here in the spotlight, in the zeitgeist, if yes. you will. Will Josh Allen ever host Saturday Night Live? Ooh, I like that question. He could. I'll say that to start. He could. Okay. Will he? 
I don't think he. I don't think he will. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets asked. I just don't think he has that like comedic. Like, Disagree. I, I think Josh is very funny. Timing and yeah, but Josh. Josh, Josh, I mean, Josh is funny when he like plays off his teammates. Is he funny on his own? Do you have to be funny on your own to host SNL? I think you're playing off teammates in Studio Six B as well. Teammates he knows and spends a lot of time with let alone okay that's much different than uh snl cast who he spends a week with right yeah even keenan can't get him out of that jam regardless <laughs> of his pre-existing relationship with the mitchells yeah you're right and kevin mitchell himself yeah you know what my answer would be different if he said more than one word in the buffalo wild wings commercial mm-hmm. if he get ga- if he gave me you know a line even a line not not just one word but a line and he delivered that line with pizzazz I'd be like, okay, this this guy's got it. This guy can host SNL. See, it's interesting the way you put that, uh, the way that you phrased it, uh, because you phrased it as if he gives me more than one line, and I have it in my brain as if they let him give more than one line or more than one word. Mm. So to me, it's like we're, we're we're trusting the whatever marketing people or talent scouts or acting producers or whatever in this commercial to tell me that uh, maybe Josh Allen doesn't have that skill set. Right. Because we haven't seen it. They're not letting us see it. But I don't know. I've seen him drop some good jokes at press conferences. No, no. He's he's very charismatic and very yeah. very witty, which we appreciate around here, obviously. I, of course. Dropping, some, dropping a couple of one-liners versus doing a whole sketch. I think it's a little different. <laughs> we'll cross that bridge when it comes, Tony. Speaking I hope of, we do. I speaking hope of we do. Saturday Live and Peyton Manning, he did give a shout-out to the Bills. Yeah, that's the biggest of all Bills news this week, I think. <laughs> you skipped right over it. Well, I didn't. I just mentioned it, so I didn't skip right. Well, people come, you know, people come to this podcast if they expect a certain amount. Of, they they trust that we're going to give them all they need to know about the bills. <laughs> we only have so much time, Tony. Well, well, it's the off season, so we got time. <laughs> we have to do our annual top plays of the season. Speaking of Josh Allen, I'm sure he'll be a uh, pretty notable figure in this next segment. Tony, do you have your list ready? You ready to roll here? My list is ready. My list is ready as well. Throw it to Marv, and we'll be back after the break. Go, go. Bills fight, Bills go. Come on, let's win for Buffalo. And we are back. Tony, nothing better to move on from the heartbreak than to look back at all the good times we had this season. It's like when you break up with a girlfriend, do you move on to something better right away? Or do you do you throw on some Casey and JoJo and think about all the good times you had? I don't Are know. you literally asking me what, rhetorical. I, do, what I do? Could be rhetorical. I would think most I'm people just throw on my, some I'm Casey and JoJo. My breakup process. Whoa. <laughs> okay. This is a, quite the insight here. Well, the first step is that I go to a local store usually corporate store okay and i buy a new pair of sweatpants well that's a good start i want new fresh sweatpants okay to help me through this process then those sweatpants are on immediately step (laughs) two is an umbrella step that has been inspired by the aforementioned how i met your mother it's a breakup beard Mm. i have to grow a beard yes and then i can't not and i can't get over the beard until my heart tells me when the beard can go so to speak when my heart is healthy enough then my face becomes healthy enough to go beardless. Step three, do a lot of not sleeping and sitting in silence, sta- staring at the ceiling. Okay. Well, at least you're comfortable in your sweatpants. Well, exactly. That's all part. And these are all interrelated <laughs> until the pants subside. Yeah, well, well, that's, a, that's quite and the then, process. Uh, and then I would say step four is that a deliberate, um, a deliberate sort of proclamation 
is made in the form of I choose a song that will carry me through. Yeah. Usually. And like that's the song. That's the song of that breakup. Usually Casey and JoJo. Maybe. <laughs> it might be. I mean, it's usually a breakup song. It's not usually a love song. Maybe right? go local. Maybe go Brian McKnight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little local flavor there for you. Um, quite question for you though. Okay. So you don't even wash the sweatpants you buy before putting them on. Oh. You just put them on right away. Is what you're saying? Well, I would say that only recently, and by recently I mean like the past several years. Multiple people could have tried on those sweatpants if you're just throwing them on, Tony. Tried on? I mean, come on. <laughs> uh the, you don't know you don't know i suppose that's fair only recently <laughs> have i been on the train of i have to wash an article of clothing before i can wear it oh i always have. um but in my younger years you know when i was more commonly getting broken up with since i haven't since i've been in a happy relationship for many years now yes the, the uh back in those days which is also pre-pandemic days when we knew when i understood a lot less about <laughs> the world sickness spreading yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really mind it. I didn't care to do it so much. Yeah. Laundry's a hassle. Why am I trying to add to that? <laughs> right. To that headache. Right. Well, I, I throw out Casey and Jojo all the time. So, and Josh Allen, he's, he's all our lives. Cause apparently we, uh, we did pray for someone like him and, uh, I'm sure he'll, fe- he'll feature heavily into these, uh, these power rankings of our top five plays of the year. Tony, we do it every year. So let's dive right in. What's your number five, Tony? My number five uh, <coughs> brings us back to the wild card round. And it was a touchdown from our own favorite son, Josh Allen, to one surprise receiver named Tommy Doyle. Oh, big man touchdowns are always good. Love a big man touchdown has to be in the five spot. Love. Loved it. Obviously, it was in a moment when we were just like ready to flex and just and just shit right on them, you know, right. with every last bit that we had, and, and and that's exactly what we did. You love the flex. The yeah, we, we can do anything right now, and we're going to prove to you that we can do literally anything right now. And then we did. We exactly. drew it to Tommy Doyle. Exactly. The, and, the and, second best tight end on the team. <laughs> Actually, that's probably true, honestly. Mm-hmm. Also, a lot of justification for Bill's Mafia, because 80,000 people finally got to say, oh, Doyle rules. <laughs> Which, which, which they have been waiting to say all season, probably ever since we drafted them, honestly. Yeah, basically you get you get draft day and then you just wait patiently. Yes, I mean, you draft a guy named Doyle, he signs his rookie contract in his full uniform. That's a quintessential O'Doyle rule situation there. Yeah. Just the look of that guy is like an O'Doyle rules. So to see him score a touchdown was put put a little little joy in my heart at that moment. Big joy in my heart at that moment. I'm sure a lot of Bills Mafia fans as well. Yeah, big man touchdowns are uh, great. Tony, my number five. I'm going to a rookie as well. I'm going to week five for my number five. Game against the Chiefs, primetime. Greg Rousseau interception. I'm putting this on my list because... To see a quarterback as high-profiled as Patrick Mahomes finally get knocked down to an E.J. Manuel-like level, a la his interception against the Texans and J.J. Watt, where it didn't even look like he saw the guy right in front of him and just kind of threw it to him. Gregor Stone made a much nicer play on a E.J.'s pass was just atrocious, but it, it had the same vibes. So I appreciated Patrick Mahomes and E.J. Manuel being on the same same level for for once in Patrick Mahomes' career. And also, Greg Rousseau, he's a trendsetter, Tony, with the braces, with the adult braces. 
First, he we is. started with Greg Rousseau. Now, Deion Dawkins has gotten his braces. Could this be the new team bonding thing? Is everyone getting adult braces? Mm. I'm on board with it. You know, nothing bonds you like all orthodontics. <laughs> right. And if they want to sponsor us, more than welcome to. They're getting free advertising right now. So they I are. expect, you know, a pack of rubber bands or something. <laughs> something. Some, some flossers. Whatever they can some, give away free. Yeah. Some, <laughs> something. But, you know, Miami Hurricanes have the turnover chain. We have adult braces as a team bonding thing. Just that's what it is. I, and I, I'm on board with it. Honestly, Josh has a million dollar smile. Let's just make sure those those pearly whites are nice and straight. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm and, saying. You know, for, for, for the headshots that these guys take, a, having a strong jaw that is supported by a, a well-fitting um, clasp of, of our <laughs> teeth, of our jaws. Yeah, I mean, it can only help us. Only help us indeed. Um, Tony, number four, what do you got? My number four uh, is not only one of my favorite plays of the year, but one of my favorite plays in general. Hamilton. My favorite play <laughs> is... Uh, <laughs> the play that never was? <laughs> yeah, the play that uh, for some, but not for the not for these bills, when Josh <laughs> Allen and Brittany and Mitch and his wife and the Hugheses and the Phillipses all went to Hamilton together and had, had a great night out. So that is my number four favorite play is Hamilton. A great play, no matter who you are. No I, matter who you root for. I guess so. Even if you don't get to see it, like you or I <laughs> did not get to see it. Right. Even if we are denied by COVID, I'm so glad that uh, I'm so glad that the Bills family had a lovely night out, yeah. and, it, and it only helped us in general. And you want you want to talk about team bonding through braces? Mm. How about team bonding through revolution? That's <laughs> right. They're not giving away their shot. Yeah, other Hamilton puns too. I didn't see it, so I don't know. There's so many Hamilton puns. <laughs> Probably a lot. Yeah. Yeah, Hamilton. I can only imagine what's happening in the locker room after that. Were they always just saying like, were they always just dropping lyrics to each other? Like right. You just did to me. Was it about like were they into it? What's the deal here? That's what I'm curious about. What are the inner workings? Yeah. Were they <laughs> were they just like ribbing on each other? Like Josh makes a joke and I don't know Jerry. Yeah, you, go, Jerry yeah, we got a real Hercules moment. Yeah. Over right. Here. <laughs> exactly. Right. Josh is like. Oh, you're a real Lafayette. You think they're doing that? I don't know. I don't know. Hamilton cast though on our crap list because oh, you're you're good enough to perform for for the Bills, but not for the host of Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast. Mm, well, I don't know. Hamilton cast on the hot on the hot seat for me. Well, you know, I mean, getting COVID is easy. Performing is harder. <laughs> yes, exactly. I feel like that was kind of a reach of a reference. Only the real Hamilton heads are going to get it who are listening. <laughs> right. We've gone on this Hamilton ref for far Whatever. too long. I'm <laughs> satisfied. There's another one. Oh, hey, there you go. Tony, my number four, I'm going to week 16, second regular season matchup against the Patriots. And I'm going with the great play of Matt Hawk standing on the sidelines because he didn't punt. And that's where I want to see Matt Hawk in a Bills uniform. Not on the field, on the sidelines, not doing anything. Because when he did get out there, he stunk. And I'm done with him. One year, one and done. I'm done. Give me a new punter. He's probably what held us back the whole time. <laughs> Absolutely. This he, team could have been undefeated and still in it right now if it wasn't Matt Hawk. Maybe. Maybe, Tony. Those bad you gotta think of those bad punts put other teams in good field position, most likely led to a scoring opportunity or a score itself. What could have been with a good punt? Maybe that other team doesn't score. All those one mm-hmm. one score games might have went a little differently. The Bills I think were like 0 and six in one score games this year. Yeah. And, and I'm put and I'm putting that on the punter. Absolutely. I mean, 
The, the last punt that he had, he also made the tackle <laughs> right. and gave a really good field position. All we had to do was get them 13 seconds worth of worse field position. Exactly. And it would have been fine. So, if he made a better um, punt. Suck on that, Hawk. <laughs> yeah. If he made a better punt, they would have had, what, three more plays to get to where they eventually ended up on that Golf return. Picks, the dominoes fall. Oh, gosh. All right. Get it out of my brain. Get it out of my brain. Tony, number three. My number three uh, comes in the form of another play like you had of not who actively played, but who didn't play. I'm going to say that the best Bills play, the third best Bills play that occurred is when is not protecting Jake Fromm. <laughs> and allowing him to get the hell out of town and go to the Giants. <laughs> you so are, we all watched with our feet up, with our cigars in hand, that this shit's not our problem anymore. Yeah. <laughs> You're not a Fromm fanatic. And someplace way more heterogeneous, so we can deal with that too. <laughs> like New Jersey. Yeah, like New Jersey. <laughs> oh, reuniting with Brian Dable. That'll be fun. I know. I was the first thought that went to my mind. I can't wait to see how that blows up. <laughs> can you imagine if he's the starter next year? What a what a way to start your co- your coaching career. Come on. There's no way that'll happen. No, no way. Oh my goodness, no. I hope not. Let's see over under on how many uh bill how many twenty twenty one bills will start for the twenty twenty two Giants. Ooh, I like this. Well they already poached Five? they already poached Antonio Williams from us. I was very upset about that. I'm just I'm just talking starters though. No, I know I know, so am I. Antonio Williams could be a starter. Oh well, yeah, absolutely, yeah. If they, if they trade Saquon. Okay. I was about to make a joke about they trade oh, Saquon to the Bills. Big, oh, oh. oh, they have a big hole at running back, but yeah, trade trade Saquon to the Bills. That sounds good. Yeah. We got connections. Yeah, definitely. Let's see. I'll say the over under is uh five and a half. Oh wow, okay. Were you not gonna go that high, or were you gonna go higher? Um, no, I'm not gonna go higher. Well, I'm not gonna go higher yet because I'd like to see who he hires for defensive coordinator, and then if it's a similar system that then they would translate, then I might go higher. Yeah, I mean, who? Who's... If it's like a three-four person, forget about it. Then... Yeah, no, right. There's no way Mario Addison plays in a three-four. Right, right. Although Vernon Butler exactly. did have his best year in a three-four in Carolina, where he was a defensive end in a three-four. That'd be interesting. Oh. Who knows? Yeah, I guess so. Could you see this like kind of we scratch your back, you scratch ours kind of scenario playing out between the Giants and the Bills? Mm. Like, hey, we want Saquon. We're willing to trade Cody Ford, and you'll do it. <laughs> and future considerations. And future, and future seventh round considerations. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, remember that? Uh, remember when they called me for the reference? Yeah. Keep that in mind. While <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Remember the glowing endorsement I gave you? Yeah. I could totally see that played out. My number three, Tony. It's one play, but it's almost a group of plays because it happens so often this season. The one that sticks out to me is week 18 against the Jets. And that's the first touchdown. Josh to Diggs. When Josh is evading pressure, rolling out, he's got a linebacker draped all over him, taking him down. And Josh still gets the pass off and then digs with the great hands and great awareness to get two feet in. It was, it was just, you just shake your head and be like, man, that's Josh being Josh. But poetry in motion. Poetry in motion, exactly. And the reason I say a group of plays is because Josh had this knack for rolling out and while on the run, hitting a receiver like in stride as the receivers were also moving, mostly the time tiptoeing the sidelines. He was very good at that. Like I was going through the highlights to to prepare for this podcast. He had the Jets play week week 18 against the Redskins. He hit Sanders on a touchdown as he was on the run. Josh was on the run. Diggs against the Texans on the run. Knox against the Chiefs. 
Beasley against the Titans. Like the list just goes on and on of examples of Josh just rolling out while on the run, hitting these guys in stride. Just a super impressive quarterbacking feat from from Josh Allen this year. Not only to have the awareness to evade pressure and roll out and keep a play alive, but also to have the awareness to keep his eyes downfield, find open guys, and then trust his receivers to make a play. And most of the time they did. Josh, uh, we we talked about him uh, ad nauseum this year. Like just he's he's incredible, filling the gaps where the deficiencies lie. My question to you though was Josh better this year or last year? You know, I I have to say I think he was better this year. I do too. I think I if I'm thinking about the amount of plays we saw last year that were just jaw dropping plays that the analysis are saying like. We have to take a moment and appreciate how impossibly crazy this throw is that Josh Allen made. Because to the layperson, it doesn't seem, you know, it just seems like a, a quarterback being a quarterback. Right. But then they end up, you know, then they're they're pushing it. I feel like there were so many of those this year. There were so many jaw-dropping, like, how did a human being do that plays this year? Right. That we've been desensitized to it. And that's just so far beyond a quarterback being a quarterback, but that's Josh being Josh. And, we, uh, and we're just so used to it that it's not newsworthy anymore yeah. because it happens so many more times this year. And there were a lot of things that he was failing at last year um, that, he, that now we've come to expect them to be successes at this year, namely shovel passes. Mm-hmm. Na- Two against uh, the Patriots. Namely, absolutely. Final um, draft. And, and I think, I guess I'm using shovel passes as the example, but a lot of the hero ball things. Right. Shovel passes, making smart running decisions, you know, jukes and stuff, directionals. I think he's become even better at that, too, and in a multitude of just like the smaller, nuanced aspects to his game. So, yeah, I think better this year. Yeah, I, I do, too. And it takes me back to the divisional matchup against the Chiefs. And after that game, it was like, oh, Allen Mahomes, Allen Mahomes, which, which one is better? You know, they're both obviously top five, three, maybe top three quarterbacks in the league in that in that category. But the way I think of it is like in, in the not to give a homer answer, because I thought Allen was was better. And that's because when I look back at you know big plays that happened for the Bills, the focal point is always Allen. Like Allen made that play happen. Whereas the Chiefs Pat Mahomes is like, if they have a big play, I'm always like, wow, Tyreek Hill made an awesome, like he ran super fast there. It wasn't anything Mahomes did most of the time. Where, I, would say that's, I would say that's true. Yeah. Or like Kelsey, like that was a great play from Kelsey or, you know, it, it, there's always someone else in, in the mix. I feel like mm-hmm. Josh in more instances when there was a great play the Bills had, it was just like Josh was the the reason. He was the catalyst to make the, that play happen. And that's why like Josh Mahomes, Josh Mahomes. Josh was better because he just did more. He, yeah. he was he was absolutely incredible. I thought I thought he was that all year, and I agree. Like I thought he was better this year than he was last year, and I didn't think he could get better than he did than his performance last year, which is crazy. But I thought it's the little stuff. You're right. It's just his his awareness in the pocket and when he could take off and run and getting down, sliding when he needed to. You know, ha- having those little awareness thing, reading defenses. The way he did this year, I thought was much better than last year. A lot of the stuff in the past was Josh improvising. This this year, I felt like he had more control. Yes, it was a little chaotic because of the offensive line, I should say, at times. But, I mean, when it clicked, like, Josh felt in complete control of this offense. And with his ability, I mean, towards the end of the season, they were just firing all cylinders. 100%. And that's where, and I, I wonder if some of the things that he was improvising last year, if Dable found ways to sort of channel that or do it or integrate it 
in a smarter way into the offense. So yeah. that it wasn't so much like haphazard, but like he found it was like, okay, Josh has that skill set. Let me figure out a way to utilize it. Nice thing too was when Josh took, he, took off and ran, I wasn't like nervous he'd fumble every time. <laughs> like he seems very much smarter with that this year. Yeah. Which was nice. I would agree with that too. But now that he's proven to be so much more valuable, now I'm even more nervous every time he gets tackled. Oh yeah, absolutely. Slide every time. <laughs> don't yeah. don't take very, any, very scary. Don't take any hits, please. Oh. Sliding, I'm like, oh my god, he's gonna sprain his ankle. Yeah, right. <laughs> I can't handle it. I can't put myself through Right. That. Looking at the highlights, he leaps or he, he dies for something. It's just like Right. Don't don't touch him. Don't do any like something's gonna happen. <laughs> there was a there was a play I was watching. It was he just kind of like falls to the ground and starts like pounding his fit. Like he's upset with himself. That that's the end result. <laughs> but in my mind, I remember thinking like, oh, shoot, he's punching the ground or, or pounding the ground. Like, he doesn't do that normally. He must be hurt. <laughs> like, all the worries went through my brain in that moment. Yes. Like, why is he doing this? Did he tweak something? Is something wrong? Did he throw his shoulder I mean, out? After every time he runs, whatever his reaction is, like, while he's on the ground, sometimes he, like, shakes his head to, like, get the... You know, to get like the Tweety Birds out, or sometimes it like yeah. looks weird, and I'm like, oh god, that's it. He's, he has a concussion. Like this is it. Right. This is it. God the help season's us. over. Trubisky time. MVP time. MVP time. Well, that's not a bad backup plan. Not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't never say never, Tony. Never say never. Well, it'll be maybe it'll be MVP time in New York. Mm, or right. New Jersey. Or in Buffalo as the backup. <laughs> so it'll never be MVP time. <laughs> it's always MVP time, Tony. You know that. Well, I guess you're right. I don't care if, where he's on the depth chart. Tony, you're number two. What do, what do you got? Oh, my number two. So this play is, uh, my number two play is really more about not who played, but who got played. Oh. Who's doing the playing and who got played. And for my number two, I'm going to say it's Brittany who got played. Oh. Brittany Williams who got played. Because as you know, Dawson Knox went to prom with Josh. <laughs> and Brittany got played. Is it the two-point conversion? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, no, it's, 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 it's the act of going to prom. That's the, the two point conversion is the pre-party. <laughs> I'm talking about the celebration itself. Yeah, that's what I, the, I know. Is that, that's oh, the okay. play you're referring so, yeah. to though, right? Well, yeah, but it's not the play that I'm drafting. It's <laughs> gotcha. the play I'm picking as my number two. It's, it's the, it's the prom picture. You think that's Brit- my number two play. You, you think Brittany's jealous? Who wouldn't be? <laughs> Knox is an Adonis. He, he is that, that hair. <laughs> I know. Brittany can't have her like that. No. no how not many people tries. can. How many? Those Jerry girls? I don't oh. know. You're going to have to ask Dawson when we have him on. Should we announce it? Next week is our guest. Oh, hey. Boiler. Tony, we weren't supposed to announce it yet. Well, now who's the prankster? <laughs> Now who's in the prank war, Mickelson? I always, I always picture like we we say we have Dawson Knox on as a guest, and um that scene from Workaholics when they make sock puppets of themselves, and we just have the Knox socks. <laughs> That'd be a good idea. Okay. See, these, are, these are the kind of ideas we need to carry us the off season. That's right. This is what I'm talking about. This is the off season, folks. <laughs> you're getting you're getting great A material here. Oh yeah. Yeah, Brittany, uh, she had her, her eyes elsewhere this year. Maybe on Dawson Knox, prom photo ended up with Josh Allen, her man. Mm. Maybe on Mitchell Trubisky's girlfriend wife uh, and her yeah. pregnant belly. Uh, very quick friends. A quick friendship was formed. Maybe it was. With the queen bee. Maybe her eyes were on her local uh, bedazzler, whoever does her jackets. Mm, another good point. She was all over the map this year, Tony. Yeah, she kind of was. But were we all? The, the, it's a chaotic year. But the beehive grew. Despite that, I suppose you're right. It did, yes. <laughs> I mean, that's. I would say that's what 
that was the catalyst that allowed the beehive to grow. Yeah. Right. And now, swimming in honey, baby. Swimming <laughs> in honey. Swimming in it. My number two, I have to go back to the Chiefs divisional round game. Uh, Josh Allen's 75-yard touchdown pass to Gabe Davis. You want to talk Fantastic about, play. You want to talk about poetry motion, Mike. Mm-hmm. Great pick. Josh, not... My favorite part of it was not the catch or the touchdown or the throw or it was the fact that they were in play action because I am a huge proponent as listeners and anyone who's heard me rant about the Bills knows. I think they should just run play action every play. <laughs> like it, it, We're one of the most successful play action teams in the league the past, I think, two years. It works every time. It gets Josh in a rhythm. It keeps defenses honest. Like Just do it every time. Ken Dorsey, this is your... This is your homework assignment. Create a playbook, modify the current playbook, whatever, and put more play action in there. It works. Make it all play action. Make it all play. I am all for that. If this was like Tecmo Super Bowl and you can only pick eight plays, make those eight plays play action plays. Yeah. Sign me up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's going to work out fine. But just out of all the plays the Bills had this year, that probably, to me, was the most perfectly executed play not only the play action but the throw was just so on point just dropping it on a dime to Gabe Davis in stride you know what 55 yards in the air just just over the chief safety's head like it was just picture perfect that play and you know that's why it's that's why it's my number two and hopefully many more like that from Josh and Gabe in the future that's a perfect segue into what I was just going to ask you. Here's my question to you, Matt. So, what do, so if let's say uh, Dave Davis is the number two yep. next year, he consistently will be. starts. Then, yeah, that's, I, I I couldn't agree more. How many touchdowns? Oh, interesting. How many did he have this year? I feel like he he was very quiet in the beginning of the year. We know that. Mm-hmm. Overshadowed by uh, a living legend in Emmanuel Sanders. <laughs> I was, when I was watching the highlights back, there was a lot of Emmanuel Sanders highlights in the first month <laughs> and a half of the year. The first six games yeah. for the bye week. Yeah, that that's why I I wouldn't mind bringing him back. I think he. Oh, I wouldn't mind bringing him back either. He could have not, a role on this team. Gabe Davis had that doesn't seem right. Six, six touchdowns this year. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like to me. Feels like more. Feels like it should be more. I agree. Um, Feels like it should be sixteen. <laughs> it does, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, he he just has a knack for scoring touchdowns. It's like, like there's there's like a cliche in soccer. I know that. The, there's not a lot of soccer fans out there, but a person who is a forward whose task is mainly scoring goals, like we just say they have a nose for goal. Like they just find a way to score a goal. Gabe Davis Gabe Davis has the football equivalent of that. Like he just finds a way to score touchdowns, finds a way to get open. He just has a knack for scoring touchdowns. I wouldn't be surprised if he was in the double digits next year. Oh, me neither. You know what? And, and I, the, I, I, I think it'll be in the double digits. Yeah, well. and, and I think the thing I'm most excited for is – with a formidable number two, that only alleviates the pressure of Stefan Diggs. Like Stefan Diggs uh-huh. can get can get back to his high stats, and that's like weird to say considering the guy had what back to back over twelve hundred yard receiving and over a hundred yards or a hundred catches over twelve hundred yards receiving years. He also had ten touchdowns this year, which is more than that. He had a really good year. I feel like he had like the quietest good year ever of a Bills receiver. <laughs> Like, he just felt so much more impactful last year. I don't know if it's just because it was fresh and new. And it was, That's a, what I it was the first time, like, Diggs and Allen were on the field together and really clicking. And, but if Gabe Davis 
takes away some or you know some of that production falls I, I feel like that's only good for Stefan Diggs defenses roll more towards Davis and you know that one two punch sounds real nice going into next year if Gabe Davis is the real deal I like I'm I'm 95 percent there with him and, and I would say I'm, I'm more than 95 percent I'm I'm a I'm a I stand with Gabe Davis really yeah like, Davis stand right here. me too me too and uh, I'm not like discrediting him or have caution with when it comes to him but that five percent is just you watch him and he's so like i think the right word is unorthodox mm-hmm. i've said before like he he doesn't seem like the greatest route runner he's not the fastest guy but he has breakaway speed at the end and when it comes to his routes like he's not very twitchy but he'll do things like on the chiefs touchdown his third touchdown of the game the one where he put the defender on skates, made the defender fall. He doesn't do anything really like fancy footworky. He gives us like really nuanced like head juke though that just throws the defender off and, you know. He just gets it done. Yeah, exactly. He just gets yeah. it done. And like I said, it's a, it's a little unorthodox, but as long as he gets the job done, that's perfectly fine with me. And love his right. catch radius. Love that he catches with his hands. Shout out Zay Jones, who does not. Watching the body oh, catches for so many years. Another player who we know for a fact is listening. <laughs> his dad is. I know that. Oh, yeah, okay. Waiting for anyone to criticize his son. But, yeah, no, I'm excited for that one-two punch next year, and I think it's only going to trickle down. Just like we said, Diggs last year was just a trickle down of, like, now we got a number one receiver, and here's who's going to benefit, and Beasley's going to benefit, and Josh is going to benefit. Like, all the, I, th- I think Gabe Davis really reaching his potential or coming into his own is really just going to benefit this whole offense with a new offensive coordinator as well. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Tony, what is your number one play of the year in the 2021 <laughs> 2022 Buffalo Bills season. You know, it's like I said earlier, Matt. If you want the clicks, you got to trigger some people. Oh, good. I'm glad you didn't rhyme zone that one. So, <laughs> <laughs> if you want the clicks, you got to hit the sticks. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Very good. Stick with that. But I, I feel that I have to do it because it's a play I'm always going to remember for the rest of my life. It is, I think, the only play, maybe one of two plays that I remember that it all just came out of me emotionally as soon as it happened. It just started just like the tears start flowing uncontrollably. 14 seconds left, down to 13. <laughs> Josh's final pass to Gabe Davis in the end zone. It was the highest hot of highs. Yeah. And it was unreal. Perfectly, perfectly on point. Exactly where it needed to be. Gabe Davis stepping up. Gabe Davis giving notice to the entire football world that the conversation we just had about him is justified. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, for the moment and putting that moment in a vacuum, if you can put moments in a vacuum, I guess maybe that doesn't make sense. But to put that moment in a vacuum, it was, it was unreal. So I have to give it the number one spot. It was. And, and, had, and had the next few seconds after that gone a different way, everyone would be saying that was the number one play. That would have, that would be the un- inarguable number one play. I think that'd be like an organizational number one play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I kind of think so too. Historical. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It, it, yes, if the result was the end result was different. Mm. Were you more emotional on that play or Tyler Boyd scoring the touchdown to break the drought and send the Bills to the playoffs? Ooh, ooh okay. Um, I would say I was more emotional on I, different uh, two different sets of emotions because <laughs> were they the entire the entire yeah because the entire Chiefs game 
I was completely tensed up, completely nervous, completely in, you know, a cautious, terrible place where then every single time we delivered, which we always delivered except for once, Mm -hmm. it was, you know, just the highest of like, I can release a little bit of that tension that's within me. Right. And you go through so much of that, so much being wound up and tightened and tightened and tightened that the emotions like eventually, you know, your emotional bubble is going to burst, which is what happened on the Gabe Davis play. And it was different on New Year's Eve during the Tyler Boyd play because that was in steps. Like that was like we knew what we had to do and we knew that we had to get there. And that was like we're watching the checklist unfold. Right. We knew we had to beat the Dolphins. We did. Now we know what we have to see with the Bengals, what the Bengals have to do. And, you know, they're going to bring that into the table. Um, so it was like I had had my highs and lows. Like I was on I was on the roller coaster of tensing up and releasing this the chiefs game was just all rides like it was all just rides of tension and i wasn't and i'm not the type of person who is ready to accept anything until i see zeros on the clock yeah so i would say i was probably i think that i had them and and obviously the reactions were different but yeah i mean my my reaction to paddle boyd was long term like you know, like I was, I was there for hours. The Chiefs game, I was just like, turn the shit off and going right to bed. Get, get get out of here. Yeah, I would say. So I'm gonna say to answer your question that you asked 15 minutes ago, and <laughs> I just gave you 15 minutes of quality podcasting that is so, that I'm sure all the listeners are super quality. grateful for. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say New Year's Eve, Tyler Boyd's reception. I was, I would say, I was more emotional on that one. I would. Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Because I think they're different. I they are different. different yeah. I think the sense of emotion. Yeah, I, I guess so. And, and now I'm thinking. Now I'm like second guessing myself. Mm-hmm. I think the sense of emotion for the Josh to Gabe Davis touchdown was the fact that like Josh not only led a drive to take the lead in a high profile game, like the grandest of stages uh, against reigning AFC champions, former Super Bowl winners, to not only do that once, but to then do it twice. In like a less than two minute span, the joy of not only the play happening and being executed and us taking the lead and yada yada, but the joy of like, man, we got a guy that can actually do this now. If we're down in a big spot, it's not hopeless anymore. Like, not that we were ever in big spots during the drought, but we get, we got, we got it a was, guy. There was a hope, but there was a hopelessness. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, big time. I'll never feel hopeless. But now it seems like any obstacle put in front of this team with Josh in charge, any any challenge, they can overcome it, right? Like, I think that's why the emotions were just, like, flowing at that moment because, like, this was a seemingly insurmountable thing, not only at that moment within the context of that game, but also within the context of the entire history of the organization. (laughs) Just because those things never play out there, and eventually it didn't play out their way. But... For, for a nice one-minute stretch there, it did play out our way. And we had a guy who who could will it to play out our way. I think that was, like, the, the best feeling. But, I mean, nothing, I think, matches the Boyd play in the end. And, and the thing that always gets me is the Bills in the locker room and Kyle Williams watching it with his sons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And being a parent myself, that, that, that just gets me. I could I could watch that 100 times and cry 100 times. Watching, yeah. watching Kyle Williams react and... And celebrate that moment with his kids and, you know, Sean McDermott hugging him and reception at the airport afterwards. And, oh, yeah. You know, who cares if Kelvin Benjamin was there? It was a it was a moment of joy. Kelvin Benjamin doesn't hinder my joy. <laughs> no, not in that yes, moment. Yes, he does. 
Not in that one. But yeah, he does. Yes, he does. <laughs> Tony, I, I think, I think you, you swayed me. I was gonna put my number one play as the Mike Hyde interception in the wild card game against the Patriots because yeah. I, I think that was just one of the most incredible plays I've ever seen. But absolutely, it didn't hold the emotional level of the Josh to Davis play in the divisional round. I gotta go the same number one as you. You, yeah. you swayed me. You got my emotions flowing again. You're two peas. And it's poetic justice, because obviously we weren't interested in talking about this last week in of sound mind. So <laughs> right, we weren't of sound mind, no. Yeah, we were not. Yeah, so here, I'm glad we could bring it around and, and face this together <laughs> for the listeners. We do it for you. We do it for we the listeners. We do it for you, Witty Nation. We always do it for you. Tony, any quick honorable mentions? Rattle off real quick. Uh, I did have an honorable mention, trying to figure out uh, a way to make it an honorable mention. Of what is the play? Because is it a play or is it my conspiracy theory that this was a play? So here's what I'm proposing to you as my honorable mention play. Rick the dog is... <laughs> the Sabres dog? Yeah. Okay. Rick the dog is actually named after Ryan Bates, not Rick Jenneret. Oh, wow. That would be the conspiracy of all conspiracies. Well, that's what I think the play... That, that's the play. <laughs> that's is, the play. We're gonna we're gonna put it Rick, frame it as Jennerette, but we all know the truth. Oh, yeah. That dog is named after Ryan Bates. <laughs> the true Rick. Yeah, the true Rick. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I, I'll I'll accept that. That's a good offseason draft. We should uh we should draft PSE Ricks. Buffalo Sports Ricks. <laughs> oh I don't I don't know if I can come up with a good list there. The dog, I mean, the I announcer. Just, I just ran, along, I just ran off know, three. Yeah, we got three. Rick Martin. Rick Martin. Is there a Rick Simonic? Possibly. Possibly. Sure. <laughs> we put don't him know. On, put, him on your, put him on your big board. <laughs> Rick Rogers. Derek Rogers. I was, a, I was a huge Derek Rogers fan. <laughs> Who wasn't? What could have been? That guy was so hyped up as an undrafted free agent. He oh. was so hyped up by... But there's always put our expectations so high for him. You know, that's the nice thing about our team being good now is we don't have to hype up the undrafted guys as much as we used to. Yeah, right. I feel like every year yeah. during the drought there was always an undrafted guy was that we yes. looked at and we're like, Man, this guy is he's our diamond in the rough. What a steal. What a steal. <laughs> we got now we just do it because now it's just we just do it because we get to do it. We get to not even have to worry about it. The, the Trey Adams has come along and it's like, Oh well, that's it. We'll right. the starter by week five. Yeah, right. And if he's not, that's fine. We're still fine. Yeah. My only honorable mention that uh, just missed my list was, well, actually I had two. I had uh, Isaiah McKenzie taking the opening kick of week one against the Steelers, 75 yards, because I just thought that was electric with all the preseason hype of the Bills and crowd being in the stadium for the first time, just him taking the opening kick, uh, and then the Bills offense doing nothing with it was, you know, the cherry on top, (laughs) of course. My other one was uh, the week following against the Dolphins, week two, when Diggs skies above Xavier Howard to – make a catch i just love when Diggs does that he did it against the raiders last year did it against the dolphins last year too when he just out jumps a guy and then he he kind of stands up and flexes it's just Diggs being Diggs. i like to see that step being step baby just step being step uh we had a lot of submissions via facebook twitter for your favorite plays a lot of our family at built in buffalo chiming in akeem rich 
the Don of BIB, A. Rich himself, picked uh, one of the Gabe Davis touchdowns that we mentioned during the Chiefs divisional rounds. So uh, we had a couple of Facebook plays. Micah Hyde interception was mentioned. Uh, so thank you to all people on Twitter, all the listeners out there who chimed in with their thoughts and uh, their plays of the year for the Bills. Tony, what do you say uh, we, we take a little break and uh, wrap it up? Take me to this break. <laughs> All right, listeners, we will be uh, back after the break here. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but my drink is so delightfully cold thanks to Traveling Growler. And since we know place to go, keep it cold, keep it cold, keep it cold with a Traveling Growler koozie. Koozie starting at just $5. Check out www.travelinggrowler.com today. And now back to the and show. we are back wrapping it up, Tony. Big episode for the listeners. Um, we didn't mention during our opening, because we talked a little Bills-related news, but NFL-related news. Tom Brady retired. Just quick thoughts. Happy, sad? You know, my first thought, it? When, as, as soon as I got news and as soon as it was official, my first thought was, huh, I thought I'd be a lot more excited on this day. <laughs> <laughs> and I moved on with my life. I think if he played for the Patriots, it would hit a little differently still. You know. I think so, too. Yeah. Because he's in Tampa, yeah. it's like, hey, okay, well, whatever. We see him once a year, maybe. Right. Not even. Hopefully that once a year will be in the Super Bowl, and now we'll never see him again. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, I never liked the guy through all the cheating and all the, the beating of the Bills all those years. Didn't like him as a player. Didn't like him off the field either. <laughs> he didn't seem like the, the nicest guy. I don't know. I was just like, eh. But you're right. I was just like, okay, well, I respect his, his playing career. I respect his resume. But, you know, good riddance. That's how I felt. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Brady. Bye. There's a new. There's a new Brady in town. Absolutely. Joe. Brady. That was my thought too. When I'm like, oh, I wonder if Brady's interested in being a quarterbacks coach. Oh, I was thinking that too. Well, <laughs> we we did get a Brady. Just not that Brady. Yeah. I, we got I, the better Brady. I was I was thinking that too. I'm like, man, that's the least Tom Brady could do after the years of just killing us, <laughs> 36 right. and three or whatever the record ended up being. Like, you can come back and be our quarterbacks coach. Come on. Yeah, it was a hand, but it's notable. It happened in the sports world. Uh, Tony, let's wrap up, though. Thank you to our sponsor, Traveling Growler. www.travelinggrowler.com. Koozie starting at just $5. Check out the website, all the cool designs. Get a koozie today. Uh, T-shirt store, teespring.com. Search witty, not funny, all one word. You can also find the link to the T-shirt store on the profile on our Twitter Check out all the cool designs. Support the podcast. T-shirts starting at just $20. You could spend a lot more, almost double, at some of those other T-shirt vendors. I won't mention any names here, Tony. But our T-shirts are, are they're witty. They're good talking points. People love them. And they're just 20 bucks. Get one today. I lost my train of thought. Anyway. Um, I lost my train of thought. I lost my train of thought. Uh, where to find the podcast? You can find the podcast on the Built in Buffalo network at built in buffalo underscore uh anywhere you find podcasts or listen to for free itunes spotify spreaker iHeartRadio. search witty not funny all one word if you like us leave us a review subscribe we like to say whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time we greatly appreciate it if you're a first time listener hope you enjoyed our show come back next week we might have ryan bates on <laughs> whoa what a tease we might have ed wang well, that's an even bigger tease <laughs> It might be a big Wang show next week. Okay. <laughs> you know, Matt, grow up. Okay. All right. All right. We're just, all right. it's getting late. Uh, <laughs> Twitter handles. Tony, where can listeners find you? Uh, at Tony J. Ambrose. At, at Tony J. Ambrose. You can find the podcast at Woody Sports 716 Of course, follow Bu- Built in Buffalo on Twitter, on Instagram, Facebook, at 
builtinbuffalo underscore at woodysports716. We're also on Facebook and Instagram as well as Twitter. Follow us there. Hit us up. Uh, we'll fall back. We love connecting to the Buffalo sports community, those mafia saber swords people out there. Um, so give us a follow. Hit that follow button. Join the Witty Nation. Tony, send off for the listeners. What do you got? You know, I just want to say to the listeners, keep your head up for just one reason. Because Witty Nation, this is draft season. <laughs> I can't wait. Oh, I know. I'm doing mock drafts left and right, baby. Yeah? You fully diving into the mock drafts? I always do. Nice. Nice, yeah. We're uh, draft season, uh, typically one of the my favorite times as well. I mean, yeah, it, it was much better when we were not a good team, but it's still fun. It's fun. There's less holes to plug now. I think that's a better way to go about it. As I always say, stay witty out there, everyone. Go Bills. Thanks for listening. Peace. Bye. Bye. Later. Sean is a fresh of breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love each and it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It, it, it kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching, you that, got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a bomb. It builds a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.